to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. This week, we are joined by friend of the show and host of Fireside Paranormal Podcast, Jordan Klein. This guy is a true blue, old-school paranormal radio personality who has been in the game for a very long time. And some of the stories that he has about people who have gone on to become genuine legends of the field, the stories are just mind-blowing. We also get into a bit about how he found himself wrapped up in this business. Pretty chance set of circumstances. And um, and I even... He drags some stories out of me, of my own paranormal experiences. Um, this was a fantastic chat. I mean, Jordan is a great guy. He fits in perfectly around here. Go and support everything that he does. But for now, sit back, relax... And enjoy this fireside chat with Jordan Klein. All right, Jordan Klein. First off, I would uh, I'd like to welcome you to the show and thank you for taking the time. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked. It's we we got a little bit of a, a kindred spirit thing going just off our own names and the name of uh, names of our shows. Right? Uh, and it's, it's a match made in heaven, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> match made somewhere. Because you're, you know, you're the, for those who don't know, Jordan is the host of Fireside Paranormal. How's that been going? It's going really well. Um, you know, I was uh, featured in a few magazines um, this year. Uh, I got to be on the cover of American Paranormal Magazine, which was a really big deal for me. Yeah, that's um, awesome. You know, never thought I'd be a cover girl. <laughs> here i am (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's that's super cool one thing i'm really curious about i know you had a pretty long background in this like working within this niche before the podcast right Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah. so how how did all that get started man it started I, i was in my early 20s so i'm i'm old now right guys i'm i'm 38 a ripe old age (laughs) <laughs> right, which I've, I've been told, you know, is now middle age. So I've hit it. Yeah. I've made it, I've made it this far. Yeah. I'm right. I'm right there with you. Right behind <laughs> you. 36. Right, yeah. So you're not too far off. Yeah. So in my, in my early twenties, um, my cousin and I we were just real good friends doing stuff. He was in college and he was doing uh, a class on tourism. And then, uh, they had to do some kind of assignment, some writing project on tourism, and he drew a name out of the hat, and it was it was paranormal tourism. So he's like, okay, you know, we actually live, I'm in Wheeling, West Virginia, so we actually live uh, real close to the penitentiary in Moundsville. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, West Virginia State Penitentiary is kind of on a, a lot of people's bucket list, so. Absolutely. He said, hey, they're doing a ghost hunting 101 class. You know, at the penitentiary, and uh, I gotta go, and you're going with me. <laughs> I was like, okay, and he paid my way, so I mean, I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna fight it, yeah. right? I'll, I'll check it out. So, of course, to prepare, we watched Ghost Hunters for a while. You know, a few seasons of Ghost Hunters. Yep. 
we binged it and then we got ready we went and I, I mean we were hooked we got hooked real quick you know we went from this is dumb this is dumb this is so dumb let's start a group right now <laughs> <laughs> uh so we had the group um man i want to say it went strong it went strong for for several years um you know, we we did a lot of local places. We never we didn't do a whole lot of big pay to play kind of places. Yeah. You know, obviously we did the penitentiary a bunch because it's in our backyard. But you know, we would do people's homes. Uh, we did do like some businesses where people reached out. One of the businesses was a local college. Okay. Um, actually, like the dean and everything, we had to like sign all this paperwork that we weren't going to talk about it. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know. And then uh, a radio station would always have us come on and talk about you know different investigations and things we heard and things we've seen and exper- experiences things like that and from there they're like hey this is how it really went so we we tried several times to start a podcast and i don't know if you remember or how your first few episodes went where you were just like sitting there by yourself with your computer going Hi, this is Jordan. Nope, that sounds dumb. Yeah. Hi, this is Jordan. Nope, that sounds dumb. Yep. So we did that for about an hour, and we never got started. And then uh, we were we were on the radio, and they were like, hey, do you know anybody that would want to do a paranormal show here on the radio? And I was like, uh, we will. Right. Right? And he goes, great, you'll start Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the episode one was was recorded and deleted. So uh, there are some, yeah. there are about two thousand people in the area that probably heard that, <laughs> and um, hats off to them. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they forgot it. Not your but, finest uh, moment on on air. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was so bad. And then uh, you know the show was called Whispers Radio, uh, Whispers Paranormal Radio. So we were recorded. This was like early two thousands. Right. This is when like podcasting was just started. I didn't even know much about what it was. My my cousin was real big. He's a nerd, sure. you know. <laughs> so he, he was the smart one. I was just like, all right, sure, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah. And uh, so he's like trying to put it together. So we we do the live show, then we record it, and we'd put it online. And no, I didn't even really understand what it all was. We had like a pretty big following um, with Whispers Radio. I got to record with a lot of really cool guests. And, and here's what's really bad. In my early 20s, I didn't respect the situation that I was in. Sure. If that makes sense. Like the access you had to people. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Right? You know, I had uh, Lorraine Warren. You know, I had guys that were in movies and TV shows. I had a bunch of the Taps guys on. Yeah. You know, I was talking to like Barry Fitzgerald like every other week about something. You know, just like messaging, like, hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, what are you doing now? Yeah. But I, I didn't respect it. I didn't know. I was a stupid 20-year-old. Right. No offense if you're 20 years <laughs> old out there. You guys are really smart. This generation's so smart. <clears throat> so much smarter than we were. Does that, that fixes it? Yeah, for sure. I was an idiot. I was an idiot. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> I, I had no idea what I, I... I didn't value anything when I was 20. I was just like along for the ride. Yeah, I had... um. Let's see. Uh, are, are you into like UFOs and things sure. like that too? Yeah, full range. Stanton Friedman. I yep. used to have him on the show all the time, dude. Um, I would kill to. I would have killed to get to talk to Stanton Friedman. 
And he was somebody, and this is what's crazy. He was somebody like if I had a guest cancel that I could call and be like, hey, do you want to do the show real quick? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he was so freaking nice. Yeah. And it would always be fun. Yeah. Always be fun. Um, Dwayne Claude, who's a demonologist, he, they did a TV show on Demon Exorcist. Yeah. He was another, made really good friends with. He actually, he would come into events with me at the penitentiary. You know, we used to rent it out. Yeah. You know, we It was a lot of fun, but I didn't, I didn't respect it. Sure. Right. And, and it's, it's such a lost thing. You know, looking back, it's like, man, if only, if only like I, I built better relationships with some people, if only I, um, like the bridge between that show and this show, you know, I took years off. Like if the networking co- continued, if, you know, I had a, a few more times to talk with Lorraine before she passed, yeah, you know, things like that. You know, Ernie Hudson, I had Ernie Hudson on the show. You know, it's, yeah, it's, I get <laughs> that. It's just, man. Yeah. I mean, if you had had the foresight to like, I mean, to look at it sort of crassly, like, if you had the foresight to capitalize on that access that you had early on, it's, yeah, that would have probably carried you a long way. Oh, uh, it, it's, I, I know I'm stuttering a lot. I'm sorry. It's just, I, I'm not like name dropping to brag about no, I understand. the things that I did. I'm name dropping to let you know how dumb I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't respect the situation I was in at the time. Um, you know, it, to the to the point, like, we moved to Myrtle Beach. My wife and I, we, we got married, moved to Myrtle Beach. And then I was like, you know, I'm kind of busy right now. I'll just stop doing the show. <clears throat> wow. And I, just, and I just stopped. Yeah. Right? You just left it? Just left. Hey, see you guys. Done. Huh. All the work and effort and yeah. all that. Now, luckily, like, I did keep in contact with a lot of folks. It really helped me. Um as I got older and wiser, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, I should really start the show back up. And there was a radio station here that was wanting to do things. And I was like, you know, this podcast thing where I can do it on my own and it's on my time and I can not have to be live because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to. All right. So my show is Fireside Paranormal Podcast. If you look it up on Apple, um, if you, well, I guess wherever you listen to it, but you can like scroll down and see like I have 200 some episodes of whispers that are on there. Yeah. You want to hear live radio with a 20 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the shows were pretty good, but whoo, man, the stuff I'd say. Yeah. Like I listen back. I was like, please. Like I was going to, I was going to do some fun stuff like uh, take the transcripts and put them in, you know, post them out places, send them to magazines and stuff. Some of the interviews that I did. Yeah. And I, I started listening to through some of that. I was like, oh God, if people hear that, like I would get canceled so fast. Right. <laughs> like no. it's still out there. I mean, you could, yeah. nobody wants to cancel the paranormal guy, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I admit I was so dumb. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I can't imagine our having hours of myself as a tw- in my early twenties to record it. <laughs> I, it would be horrifying. Because I was, I was an idiot. I was, man. I can't imagine some of the stuff. <laughs> and the first time Ryan and I tried like 
made like a concerted effort to really sit down with microphones and talk. We didn't have a format. We didn't know what niche it would be in or anything. it was just us talking basically. Mm-hmm. And this was like, Oh, probably 2012. It was like sort of the rise of Rogan. You know, it was like okay. when he was okay. on the, on the rise and everyone who started a podcast thought that, well, people like listening to him just bullshit with his friends. They'll like that with me and my friends too. You know what I mean? So we basically did that. And yeah, it ended up being like three hours of a lot of things that no one should say publicly. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was, we were like no foresight at all. It was, yeah, it was bad. I know. Like, so, so we, we got like a crash course on like how to deal with radio, right? Cause it was live and there's rules and you know, we, we had the mute button sitting in front, yeah. you know? So we did, we did have like a crash course on like what you can say, what you can't say, the, the space in between talking, like you can't be quiet for more than 10 seconds. You gotta like, we, we knew a little bit, yeah, but thank God, like I was able to get guests because like I didn't think I had enough words in me to be able to like carry because yeah. live radio you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we had call-ins. Yeah, I mean, for anybody listening like it is fun. Like if you want to go and listen to any of those shows cuz we'd get people calling in, we'd have people's you know call in with their stories, with their questions with some of these guests. Like it is like genuine human interaction which is really cool. Um but yeah, you had to be ready for any anything, and like, let's say a guest, like we'd have people come on, and uh, like just get disconnected like ten minutes in, and we're like, "All right, well, we're still live on the air for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> How are we gonna fix this?" Um, so, did you do uh, a, the show? Was an hour long? Uh, yeah, we there were different you know iterations where we did one hour, two hours, um, yeah, once a week, twice a week. We 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 did it for you know a few years that's awesome i'm where i mean were you because you said it was kind of like happenstance that you even got interested in the paranormal like so did you once you started once you really got into it were you listening to like coast to coast because that's kind of like the gold standard right for paranormal radio if you don't know george nori and you know listen to him like you're you're nuts yeah. I mean, he, he's he's done so much you know had so many cool guests um you know I, I used to listen you know in my whispers days i would listen uh to george and then i would like try to contact some of the guests on his show to come on my like yeah. and, and i had some you know which is really cool i'd be like oh yeah he was on coast to coast so yeah <laughs> for sure but for me like Yes, the ghost investigations thing kind of happened, you know, in my early 20s. But, like, I was always into the paranormal. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo and, you know, reading Weekly World News. Like, I used to sit outside and look for aliens growing up. Like, like I loved all kinds of paranormal. So, it wasn't just, like, the the spooky stuff. Like, I I just, the what if. Yeah, like for me growing up, like I lived in some houses that were haunted, okay, right, that had a lot of activity in. You know, when I was growing up, when I was younger. Um, trying to think of like some earliest 
types of memories, you know, uh, on what ages I would be. I think at like 10 years old, we lived at one house. And I'm guess guessing at the age, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I was about 10 years old. To show my age, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer was out. And I was in love. The movie or the TV show? The movie. Okay. Yeah. No. It was uh it was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right there with but, you. But uh I, I remember like my bedroom was across from the bathroom and there was a lot of just weird things that would happen in that house. But I remember there were times where like the shower curtain you would see like a hand and just pull the shower curtain back. Right? Yeah. And I was so freaked out, I made my mom put a tent over top of my bed so that I could be in, like, my own little bubble. Nice. But, like, in that house, like, something crazy, like a fun story there. I think I think we only lived there maybe maybe pushing it probably two years. Okay. Right? But uh, I remember when we, we went in, like, you would always hear, like, a, a noise down in the basement, just like a, almost like a ball bouncing. Sure. Kind of deal. And, uh, you know, it would sound like it's raining outside or storming outside. You'd go outside and there would be nothing. Whoa. You know, just, just little things that you're like, oh, well, that's kind of crazy. You know, it's a clear yeah. day out. I thought, it was, thought, I heard, thought I heard rain. Okay. You know, stuff that you would just like blow off. And there was one day, one day in particular, I remember um, we had somebody come over to the house. Uh, it was a neighbor, you know, inviting us to do something because, uh, you know, it was we were we were kind of new. We were just. Like I said before, off off uh, air, I, I'm kind of an introvert. My family's kind of introverted. We're not we're not people people sometimes, sure. uh, especially growing up. Um, lady comes to the house. She goes, "Oh wow, you look just like her." And my mom's like, "Excuse me." She's like, "Yeah, the the wife of the guy that that died here. You know, she passed away before, um, but you know, the guy that lived here, he had cancer." And, uh, you know, it just talk, they got to talking yeah. and everything. And uh, when he was really having some painful days going through therapy and things like that, he would bounce a basketball downstairs, you know, and then okay. he ended up he ended up hanging himself in the basement. Jesus. And you would always hear like a ball bouncing and stuff down there. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty nuts. That's a big memory of my 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range brain. Yeah. I imagine that was a, a pretty formative moment. I'm always fascinated by those those moments where sort of the the dots get connected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like th- just the happenstance that it se- that seems to arrive, you know, like not only are you having the paranormal experience, right? But then someone just happens to be inspired to give you the details that make it all make sense without even knowing they're doing it. Yeah. Right. And like, she was just telling a story and here we are like experienced like, Oh, well that makes sense. Yeah. Well that makes sense. Oh crap. Yeah. That's why never understood the shower part of it where the curtain moved, but that was enough for me. I was scared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My co-host Ryan is obsessed with that visual. The idea of some, something being in the shower behind the curtain, like to the point where anytime Anytime he goes in the bathroom, he has to open the shower curtain and check the the shower before. Yeah. <laughs> What's what I'm finding kind of crazy is you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> I know he would what say a, the same what a, thing. What a what a life you live, right? <laughs> you, you like to live on the edge. Oh, like man. what if somebody's stuck in your house in the middle of the night and they're just hiding there waiting for you to poop? Sure, I guess that <laughs> is an option. <laughs> oh man. Uh, now, what about you? How old were you when you got into the uh, the paranormal? I've always sort of been obsessed with it. Um, I grew up like a lot of, you know, 90s kids on the Loch Ness Monster and Bat Boy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the uh, even the stuff like um, Elvis Lives in the tabloids, you know, Um of course, Bigfoot stuff. I, I really I grew up listening to my dad tell stories of his own experiences, like around the campfire, right? Um, nice. And uh, he had this this one pretty crazy what I mean what he believed to be a Bigfoot encounter in Alaska, and he he loved to tell that story. So I heard that story about a billion times growing up. And never got sick of hearing it, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is, you know, sets it apart for sure. But like, I I was always pretty obsessed with it. And I got more obsessed with it when my friends started having experiences and I didn't. Really? I, yeah, I, it really, it was like a mystery within a mystery, right? Like, because it was never a question to me whether these things were real or not. I believed it from the jump but the mystery to me was like why am I being excluded from this you know what I mean when I was young that's how I thought about it now have you had an experience since like in your life have you I'll tell you I did not have I didn't have a single experience that I thought was unexplainable until after my dad died a little over a year ago. Wow. That's that was when I started having experiences. Um and I don't know if that just like cracked me open, you know, enough to and enough to to really receive it, you know? Um maybe. I I'm not So are, are you getting a lot of them now? Fairly regular. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Over the last like, year, ghosty stuff or you know a plethora. So I've had I've had quite a few ghosty experiences. <laughs> um, I have um, one in particular where I actually saw my father. Wow. Um, yeah, which was incredibly powerful, and it was very quick. It was passing. I was coming down a staircase um, outside of my sister's apartment and um, I was the stairs are sort of steep so I was staring down at my feet as I was going down the steps and I saw you know there were people coming up past me and I I'm a weirdo so I was counting my my footsteps and I was counting theirs as they went by me and you know four people were coming up the stairs and right as I got to the bottom, there's a door at, at the, um, at the bottom of the staircase and it 
I, I looked up as I stepped to the onto the bottom off the bottom step, and it was my dad. He was the fourth person. I mean, we made eye contact, like crystal blue eyes, the smile. Every, I mean, it was him, hundred percent. Wow. It was him. Wow. And then that door at the bottom of the stairs swung closed and bumped into me, and it. I sort of like you know reacted to the door, turned my head toward the door, and reacted to it. And then when I turned back, there were only three people walking up the stairs. So now is that the only is that the only time you you saw your dad? Um, while awake, yes. But ever since he passed, I've been having, and I'm not a dreamer. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure you know what I mean by that. I I'm not a person who remembers their dreams very often. You know, a, a, a writer that doesn't yeah. remember their right How about that? yeah. Um, I'm sleep for me. Ninety nine percent of my life has been time travel. Like. Yeah, I just lay down and then it's tomorrow. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to get some astral projectory stuff in here. Oh, no, no, no. But, (laughs) um, but ever since, ever since my dad died, um, at least two, three times a week, sometimes, I mean, I've gone a couple weeks where it's every night, but at least two, three times a week, I have very detailed very vivid dreams of just sitting and having conversations with him wow and it'll it'll last hours of just sitting down and talking to him and i remember i remember it like it happened you know what i mean the next day so that's been a pretty a pretty amazing thing i think because i i feel like i've gotten more time with him you know do you ever write any of the conversations down? I do. You remember? Yeah, I've written a lot of them down. Um, yeah, it's gotten to the point where, like, if I get up in the morning and I go straight to my desk and I'm, like, typing or sometimes writing in a pad, like, my wife's, like, hung out with your dad again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's, um... So that's been a thing. I've had one, one experience since, um, since I started having experiences that, that I found really frightening. Um, okay. And I, I don't know what it was. Can't really just, it like, it's one of those, it almost, it almost falls into the category of like high strangeness. Right. Um, so I was out walking my dog my wolfhound it was like this was the week after my dad died so i was in like let's say a dark place emotionally right um but i i was out walking the dog it was probably it was honestly it was just for some context it was one of those days where and anyone who's lost someone close to them, they know like there's sort of a flood of compassion that comes in from people, right? Which is it's a beautiful thing and it's appreciated, but it's also exhausting to have to field all that, you know? Yeah. To because you, you can't be rude, you know what I mean? Like, and you you feel like you have to respond to everyone and you have to keep telling people you're okay. You know what I mean? Um, so it was one of those days where I was just enough is enough. I like put my phone down and I'm going to go walk with the dog. It was probably one o'clock in the morning. Um, 
So we would go on this walk, and we were on this stretch of road where there are like three street lights in a row that are out. Oh, um, that's exciting. Yeah. So there's this like stretch of darkness between the two street lights that are it's about a block and a half long with no with no lights. And it was snowing. I remember because the only light source was ahead of us was the next street light. And it was just the kind of snow where you can only really only see it in front of the light, you know? Um, <clears throat> so we were walking and my dog is normally very friendly. She's, she's the problem I have with her the most when I'm walking is that she just runs up to other dogs like, Hey, let's play. And yeah, and she's huge and it freaks them out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, so I I had never seen her afraid of anything, right? Um, But we were walking and all of a sudden she like, she goes backwards behind me. And, um, and I look forward and it looks, it looks like a, a really big dog in the middle of the street. Um, probably, I don't know, probably a hundred feet in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it's right in the middle of the street. And it's really, I can only see the silhouette. Um, but or, I mean, a really big dog, like big, big. And, um, and it didn't, it didn't feel like seeing a dog. It looked like seeing a dog, but it didn't feel like seeing a dog. Does that make sense? Oh, like, 100%. Like, there's... All the cliches happen to me at once. Like, goosebumps and the hair on the back of my neck standing up. And, like, I felt like it was looking at me. Like, I could tell it was looking at me. Um, and I stood there with my dog hunkered down between my legs behind me. And, um, and then it was sort of like, um, man, it's hard to explain because it didn't change, but it changed. So I didn't, you know, those, um, those things we had when we were kids, the like red things that you'd hold up to your eyes and you like click it on the side oh, yeah. and slide it down to change the picture. Yeah. I, I, is it pictograph? I don't know. It was something you, like that. And you could do the ones that are like 3D? That yeah. With the discs? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it was sort of like someone did that to reality. <laughs> like, just like hit a switch and it it was no longer a big the silhouette of a big dog. It was the silhouette of a person standing oh, wow. in the middle of the street. It, I, I immediately recognized it as a person. So it didn't transform, it just changed. Yes. Yes. It, and I stood there still, you know, goosebumps, hair raised up, and it moved off the side of the street between two cars that were parked on the side of the street, and it was gone. And as soon as I couldn't see it anymore, my dog was out in front of me, wagging her tail, smiling, like nothing ever happened. So in your in your experience of, of doing these shows and talking to all these people, uh, with with what you saw, what you experienced there, what do you think that was? 
Oh, man. This is the hardest question. I... You know, it has a lot of hallmarks of things that I'm comfortable labeling when it's someone else's experience. <laughs> okay, so, so let's let's play it this way. Let's say that I just told you that. Mm-hmm. What would you tell me it was? So <clears throat> I would say it has a lot in common with people's experience with shadow people. Mm-hmm. I would also say it... It, it could easily describe a dogman encounter that people talk about. It could... It has uh, elements of shapeshifters, right? Maybe um, skinwalkers, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just feels like there there are a lot of different options here. You know what now, I mean? Uh, did you just see it in silhouette, or could you see it close enough to make out features? It was pre- it was pretty solidly silhouetted. I did. I didn't. I didn't get any details really at all. What's wow. weird is you're in those experiences, which is something. I'm as scary as it was. I'm so glad that this happened to me because one of the things that that I realized afterwards was what you see in those moments and what you know in those moments are two very different things. Right? What do you mean? Like. I couldn't see the whatever it was. I couldn't see its eyes, right? I, I couldn't see eyes at all. But I, one hundred, I would have bet my life savings in that moment on the fact that it, I was making eye contact with it. How about that? You know, I mean, you can feel. I mean, there are things in during those experiences that you're so certain of, and you. For a million dollars, I couldn't tell you why I was so certain. Yeah. You know? It's... And that's really... That's really what... Even small experiences I've had... That That's the connecting link for me in all of it is... There's this element of... Of understanding that happens... In those experiences that... That you don't get outside of that ever it doesn't make sense you can't like write it on paper or explain it to someone and it it's just a feeling you know what i mean oh yeah yeah it almost always goes along with those experiences for me do you think there's a chance and i don't know and i don't want to like assume that you're spiritual or anything like that sure that it could be something on the demonic end um I don't I'll say no. I don't okay. I don't think so. I think if anything I think it was I'm someone who tends to to see the other, the phenomena, whatever you like to call it. I think it's I think a lot of these experiences, if not all of these experiences that people have are different fingers on the same hand if that makes sense fair yeah um and i think i think our state of mind and our our perceptions during those the times that we're open to experiencing that 
I think have a lot to do with the way they manifest. Um, and I, I was in a really dark place at that time. I think that had a lot to do with how dark the experience was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I wow. was, I'm generally a pretty optimistic guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm fairly chipper most of the time. Um, but I, I just had a, I had had enough that day. Like I was at my wits end. So I, um, yeah, I think, I think that had more to do with it. Wow. What an experience. Now, only time that's happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. One and only. I, Did I've never you have hesitation going down that street again with the lights out? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went straight back the next <laughs> night. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm with a gun or something. Bear fog. Yeah. Something. Um, no, like I said, I'm generally a pretty optimistic guy, so I'm like, we'll wing it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, now, are, are you into any other type? I, I know you were talking about possibly being a you know dog man. Uh, are you into cryptids? Are you into UFOs? Like what what types of of paranormal? I'm. Do you get into man all of it. Um, I'm. I like to fancy myself a fourteen. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I love all of it. I I do take a more sociological ta- like perspective for most cryptozoology stuff. I think it's the f- I I consider it for the most part folklore. Okay. But I'm not. But I'm not dead set on that. You know, I think it varies. Um, I have a lot of really good friends who spend an inordinate amount of time out in the woods actually looking for a bipedal ape. You know what I mean? Like, and hats off to him. I hope they find something. Same. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I think if, if Bigfoot is based on an actual flesh and blood creature, I don't think it's going to be anything like Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the legend always, the legend is always bigger than its inspiration. Um, if you look at like the legends that were that were present about mountain gorillas before they were actually cataloged, those weren't gorillas. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, those legends aren't gorillas. So I don't know. I I love it all. I love it I'd all. I'd love man. to read on what some of the accounts of uh, you know, because kangaroo was a, was a cryptid at one point as well. Yeah, could you imagine how that was described? A lot, yeah, I know, right? A lot of that, a lot of that carried over into the way we have we depict them fictionally. Like when you see, like, especially if you look at like the cartoons of the '60s and '70s, the way they would, you know, they depicted them with like boxing gloves on, and you know what I mean that that idea of them being like fighters. Right. Oh, even in video games, yeah. if you remember growing up in video games, all the fighting games, you could be a kangaroo with boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. I'd I actually forgotten that. about that, but yeah, that was in several fighting video games. Yeah, um, but I, I think that probably, I think that a lot of the legends about kangaroos probably had a lot to do with how violent they were, right? Because I mean, they're pretty damn violent, honestly. <laughs> 
the real they thing is. Pretty roided up. Yeah. <laughs> and they they beat the crap out of each other when they fight. So now, now what about what about UFOs? Tell me your thoughts there. Especially with all the, the stuff coming out, like they have you know, yeah. bodies or biological specimens or whatever they called it. Non human biologics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I I'll be honest, I I love UFOs. I love the the whole UFO phenomenon. It's fascinating to me. And I think some of my favorite stories of all time are abduction stories. Um, I think it's some of the most fantastic experiences human beings have ever documented. But the <clears throat> disclosure talk and all the conversation around disclosure, I find exhausting. I mean, even this last one, where people, I don't know, maybe people saw something I didn't, but people have gotten very excited over the the most recent hearing, right? You have, like, Times Square billboards saying, like, Tom DeLonge was right, and stuff, like... (laughs) But it's really just more people saying things. You know what I mean? Like... They didn't drop an alien carcass on the table in front of the the House committee. You know what I mean? Like, it's still just people saying things. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I do know that I will never again devote a single moment of my life to discussing, to watching people discuss um, propulsion systems on Twitter. That won't ever happen again. It's those guys exhaust me. Those nuts and bolts UFO guys, it, it exhausts me. It's they're all. It's like watching two. It's like what? And I'll preface this by saying I am. I consider myself a Trekkie, but like it's like watching two Star Trek fans debate like which ship had a better motor engine. You know what I mean? Like it's all made up, guys. Like let's relax. You know what I mean? It's I don't know. I find it exhausting. I, I just love how a bunch of guys that uh you know just sitting home or in their mom's basement or just <laughs> sure. you know how propulsion systems work. Like yeah. they're wow, you're really smart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should do science. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't think people realize how easy it actually is to become an expert in shit you made up. <laughs> <laughs> that's good those guys are very impressed with themselves I'll I'll say that love it but again you know if if a nuts and bolts craft landed on the white house lawn tomorrow I'd be just as psyched as the next guy you know what I mean but I'm not 100% sold that that's what it is. That that's what, you know... I think people have definitely had experiences. Always. And I'm not sure... I'm not so sure that there's a huge difference from a floating light in the sky and a floating light in your bathroom. Do you think... Do you think that... Let's say aliens, do you think they're here terrestrially or outer space? Um, 
Like, do I do I think that extraterrestrials visit Earth? Or do you think it's already? Do you think they're from here? Okay, Okay. I see what you mean. I think they might be from inside of us. Does that make sense? Um, (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I, I. Again, I I think it might it might fall in line with, um, with paranormal experiences and cryptid sightings and near-death experiences and um, I think it might all be fingers on the same hand. I think um, the universe gives you what you need when you need it. And I think sometimes that takes the form of um, the visage of your father walking up the stairs and I think sometimes it's a light in the sky ostensibly from across the universe that for some reason notices you. You know? I think I think it can take all kinds of forms. Now, that does, you know, it reminds me, I was talking about Barry Fitzgerald there for a minute. Like, he has, you know, a theory that it, it the phenomenon, you know, mm-hmm. it's all the same thing. Yeah. You know, it all comes from the same place. It's all the same deal much like what you're saying uh he even said like if you think about like in ireland you know because he's he's irish so they have a very big like fairy culture yeah right you know we what they call fairies we would call aliens yeah you know i see this creature or cryptids you know like that it's just what your culture and perception says it is yeah absolutely just like people had people had sightings of of giant wooden ships floating through the sky in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's what a ship looked like to them. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like now we see a Tic Tac or a black triangle or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you get into like the comparative folklore stuff, there's a lot of that. There, there are huge parallels between Phalor and the UFO phenomenon. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with, Human beings have, I think, have this innate connection with mystery. Like you, like you said right up top, right? It's the mystery that always hooked you, right? The what if? Yeah. What if? The what if? Um, like, yes, you and I have great, amazing hobbies where we have this T or you know, radio shows and mm-hmm. podcasts, and you know, we get together and discuss a bunch of stuff that doesn't exist. Yeah. But what if? Yeah. What if you it's know, all real? What if it is real? Yeah. I love it. Um, but I think that innate desire for mystery, I think in, you know, when, when Phalor was in the 14, 1500s, when, when fairy lore was really in its heyday, we'll say, I think um, that that source of mystery was terrestrial. It was, there were vast unexplored forests, right? And, and so we, we created this, um, this world in those forests. And once we plowed the entire earth and turned it into a parking lot, the, (laughs) the only real space left is space. That's where the mystery is now, right? 
just like we, you know, and if you, if you really think about it like that, the, the only little pockets that have really held on are the ocean, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Tons of, tons of mystery in the ocean. And the, anytime there's, you know, a group of trees thick enough for you to not be able to see through, someone sees Bigfoot there. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's, he's, yeah. He's not going to just be walking around. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I live in central Indiana. It's literally a parking lot with corn growing out of it. Like, there is, you could stand on a tuna can and see the entire state. It's <laughs> flat as can be, right? There are Bigfoot sightings here. And they're literally, I have to drive an hour and a half south before I get to a place that where I can't see through the trees. Wow. I mean, it's all corn. It's all corn here. It's it's either you're standing on a sidewalk or you're standing beside a cornfield. That's it. I'd say I pretty I, I'm I'm on a cabin or in a cabin. I'm almost to the top of a mountain surrounded by woods. See, that's <laughs> that's the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> you I I there's only certain parts of my yard where I can see the sky. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I honestly like there isn't a single mature tree on this side of the town I live in. Wow. I mean not a single one. It's yeah. There there are a few. I can actually like think of them. The mature trees that are in this town. It's wild. It's they were just like this is the spot where we're going to grow all the corn for the entire damn country. Just knock <laughs> everything down. You get cornfields and high school parking lots. And this this is where our corn comes from. Yep. Um but yeah, Bigfoot sightings here. I mean, it happens every fall. Every fall, okay. as soon as the corn I'm, gets tall. I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you cuz this I got I have to. I have to. Okay. What kind of crazy stories do y'all have about the corn? Because like we hear like children of the corn and things like that, the you know the one behind the rose. Yeah. What kind of crazy stories did you grow up with there around corn? I mean, it's spooky, man. Cornfields are cornfields are spooky. I think it's weird because it's like a sort of liminal wilderness because it mm-hmm. comes and goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But we, I mean. Obviously, offshoots of Children of the Corn, the idea of just like creepy, creepy people in the cornfields. Um, people, there were always urban legends of people being murdered in cornfields, like kids running off into the cornfield and never being seen again. Um, living scarecrows. Oh, you know <laughs> uh, the movie The Lovely Bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that wrecked me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, living scarecrows was a thing. Yeah. For a while when I was a kid. Yep. Ooh. The um, because people people just kind of throw together whatever they can to make a human shaped thing, and they call it a scarecrow. You know. Um, 
Not as often anymore. You don't see it because they basically just use pesticides now to keep birds away from their plants. But when I was... Drug them. Yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, though, cornfields had scarecrows. You know, like you could see them sticking up over the corn from the road, like way off. And yeah, those were definitely nightmare fuel. I bet. As, As a kid. Yeah. But there are Bigfoot sightings every time the corn gets tall. Like, and maybe, maybe they, maybe they're real. I don't know. That's, that's, they, they have to get their food from somewhere. Right. If they're actual flesh and blood creatures. I mean, right? imagine the, the bounty. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> you just live off corn for sure. And just go and put it in their cave and they can hibernate through the winter or whatever they do. Jordan, there aren't caves here. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> there are no caves. And every time I talk to you, uh, geographically spoiled people, <laughs> they're like, what about the caves? And I'm like, this is Indiana. I mean it when I say it's flat. There's nowhere for a cave to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> tunnel systems that they could have burrowed down into. I, yeah, I guess. Trimmer style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's more Agreed likely that. that Indiana has a Mongolian death worm problem than that it has a Bigfoot problem. It, it seems believable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, how did you make the... Okay. How did you make the transition from radio show to podcast? So when we were doing radio, we would record it and just put it online as a podcast. So obviously, like I said, I had no clue what I was doing because I was just told, hey, record it. This is called a podcast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, I just put it online. We had a, a chat group that would do live. So, you know, we would have the live show. We would have people inter, inter, interacting, you know, live. And then um, then we would upload it and people would download You know what I mean? And we'd get mail and stuff that way, too. It was really it was really fun. Yeah. Like, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I took a break, like I said before. And then, um, man, it was like a nine, eight, nine-year hiatus. Wow. Yeah, that's a big that's break. Great. And when I got out of it, like, I got out of it. Like, I... You know, was focused on work and raising kids and all kinds of other stuff. And you know, I I I kept a lot of people would always like message me asking me questions. Like that never stopped. You know, there were enough people that listened that even over that time, like I would still get people messaging me, "Hey, this is going on. What do you think?" Yeah. So you know, I would always try to connect them with other people. So I ended up starting a Facebook group, and then you know that way. (laughs) <laughs> that, way, that way they'd stop asking me questions right. ask each other questions <laughs> this interview makes me sound so bad <laughs> no, no I, I get it you you really wanted to step away yeah so like you know I, I, I was like you know what how about how about I have this group where you know you can ask like like I set up you know a bunch of people that, that know what they're doing you know in that group because like I said I didn't not keep network connections with folks. Right. Right. I love talking to people. So I kept a, a lot of these people close and, you know, I, I set them up and be like, Hey, if you got something going on, like ask, 
you know, I'll use Dwayne, like ask Dwayne something. Like he was a demonologist. He knows what's going on. Yeah. And he's like one of the nicest freaking people we ever meet. Like if there's a problem, he will try to help you. Right. Yeah. So that all went through. And then I was, you know, I moved back for COVID and, you know, the radio station was wanting to do something. And then another guy's wanting to start a new radio station and a podcast studio and all that. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. So I, I just decided to, you know, I, you know, I had the, the Facebook group build up. You know, we were pretty active. You still are really active in that. I just switched it over to kind of be for, you know, got it around the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had my website go and I had <laughs> merged. I, like, I had a complete business kind of opened up. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, let's start the show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, luckily I did keep in contact with a lot of these folks. You know, I've had um, like Kathleen Martin. I've had her on the show. Barry Fitzgerald's have been on the show. Tom Miak, he's a... Uh, um, big into the Bigfoot stuff. Um, yeah. Joe Montaldo, uh, he's the president of ICAR, you know, International Community for Alien Research. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people who know what they're talking about to help kind of build things up and get things going. So uh, it was a fun transition. And now that I can be an adult about it and respect more the situation that I'm in and, you know, the situation, more importantly, the situation that other people are in Sure. Uh, when they're talking about these stories, because you know it when you're younger and somebody's telling you something that they're that's scaring them you just go wow this is a really cool story yeah but you forget that this is something that scared them yeah right so like you have more of the human element you you at least for me mm-hmm. you know everybody's different right but for me now like i i can respect perspective yeah so you know something that i make a point uh, with my show, I, I, I try to open up. I have a featured story out of every one, you know, sometimes more than one, but every show has a story from a listener, um, you know, that that has happened to them, right? So I, I let them share that because, you know, the stories, the guests that I have on are, are from all aspects of the paranormal, but I want to make sure we get that, that element of it being personal, right? Because there's other people out there. Like you shared your story with your dad. Yeah. Right. I got a bunch of stories with me, but there's people listening right now that have stories that might be um, afraid to talk about it because, you know, even like I'll do conventions and I'll have people come up and be like, listen, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this. <laughs> like, you are not going to say anything that I have not heard before. Yeah. <laughs> trust, trust me. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're among friends. Yeah. Right. And, uh, like, and they'll like let their heart out. Yeah. Right. But there's people that have this pent up inside of them that they don't they don't know who to talk to. They don't think they can talk to anybody. They think that if they do talk to somebody, they're going to think they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. And I had a I had a guy on here like I hope he's not listening. I won't say any names. I had a guy at one of these conventions come up. He's like, man, this isn't like a big story, anything like this. I'm like, OK. And, uh, you know, he starts recording and just starts talking about a Bigfoot experience. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then he just like starts, he's shaking when he's telling, like you can see, like he's reliving this experience, like yeah. he's sweating, he's shaking, he starts to, you know, he's like, I, you know, I, I crap my pants. I like, he's like this whole thing. And yeah. he's like crying. Yeah. Like I, I get off air. He's like, I've never told anybody this story before. Oh my gosh. And he's so shook it up, man. It's like, and, and it's, it's a story that, 
you or I hear all the time is like, oh, somebody with a Bigfoot story. Cool. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Right. But to this person, it's somebody who individually has never been able to have the confidence or courage or enough self-esteem, you know, yeah. what have you, uh, to be able to release the story, you know, to, to tell it to somebody. So I really like that aspect of my show just to, to be able to give that to someone. Yeah. If that, absolutely. If that makes no, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's something that's sorely lacking in our niche, I think, is <clears throat> focus on the experiencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think to me, when I hear a, an experience, nothing is more important to me than the way it made them feel, the way they feel telling the story. That I think that has so much bearing on on the meaning of the story. I think people, especially people who are very specific in their focus, like say a Bigfoot researcher, right? Yeah. Is that Bigfoot is all they do, right? Even other cryptids they think are silly. It's just Bigfoot, right? You know those guys. We all oh, know yeah. those guys. They'll hear a story and they go, well, another check in the Bigfoot column, moving on. You know what I mean? And there, man, there's a, an epidemic of that. And there has been for a very long time. It's not a new thing. It's it's easy to play host or it's easy to play expert and forget to be genuine. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? We we forget we forget that we are like other people in our lives are not like the non playable characters. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. We, we tend to feel like we're we're I don't know, it's just very selfish beings, right? This it's it's the me show. Yeah. And we forget that other people, it's the me show to them. Yeah. Right? So I think that genuineness and that understanding goes a long way, and especially in our field and what we do. Yeah. I recently interviewed a woman who had, she grew up in, I mean, just an insanely haunted house. Some of the things that she experienced growing up are mind blowing. And some of the most powerful experiences I've ever been told and I <clears throat> I haven't released it yet but in a 35 we just sit down for like 35 minutes and after I say hello to her I think I say two words through the entire interview until the end like wow. I, I was just riveted like and I just let her let it all out for a half an hour. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think personally, I think it's one of the best ones I've ever done. And I I didn't talk. You know what yeah. I mean? It's about it was about her. It wasn't about me. Right? It's yeah, I, I think that's it's, really that makes the best show. Yeah. It makes the best show because we for again, like, yeah, we're the host, but we're 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 just navigating the conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? You know, when when you have a guest like that, let them talk and get it out because people aren't listening. Like our listeners do not listen to hear us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, you know. they like that we're there. Yeah. But they, they're not tuning in to hear us. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why when you put an interview up, you put the person you're interviewing's name in the title. It's because people go into their podcast app and they search for that person's name, not yours. They search for that person's name and you want it to come up when they search for that person's name. 
right? right? It's it's like, humbling. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> absolutely. It is. When man, I mean, especially. I mean, there are some guests where that's going to happen more than others, right? Of course, but like we had last year, we had Joshua Cutchin on to to discuss his book Ecology of Souls, and mm-hmm. it's. I guarantee you 80% of those downloads came from people searching Joshua Cutchin in their podcast app. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to hear me talk. They want to hear this insanely brilliant writer discuss his 2000 page tome that he just published. You know what I mean? I could, I could think of two instances where it's about us and it's the time you were on my show. <laughs> now that I'm on your show, it's the yeah. only time. Yep. The only time. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Even because um, our main episodes, you know, they don't have guests. We just discuss a situation. Even then, they're not coming for us. They're coming to hear, they're coming to learn about the situation. You know what I mean? And I, I think people like learning a little bit about their host over time as they listen Mm -hmm. to the show right like you Mm -hmm. get to know i think that's why that's something unique about podcasting or maybe something that podcasting successfully borrowed from talk radio is this this idea that you feel like over time you build a relationship with the host of these shows right and i think that's because each time you listen to an episode that's like you got to hang out with your friend for an hour right Mm -hmm. like it's not that they pour out their whole life story on you in one sitting and then you're connected for life (laughs) that's not how friendships work you know what i mean is you learn about each other slowly over time and i think that's like a, a key element to the the reason people get so hooked on podcasts I agree. I agree. And and there are shows that I listen to that I'm like, I feel like I'm listening to my buddies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> totally know each other. You know, we don't. Yeah. That's what's wild is like it. You see evidence of that too, because when you meet people out in the wild who, who know your show, they like, they talk to you like, you know, each other uh-huh. and it's like, yeah. Oh, I don't know you, but you know me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it's a very unique feeling. It's yeah. I have a I have a very, I'll say a public job. I don't want to cross yeah. worlds for me, right? For sure. Um, but like, I'll have people come up to me and just start conversations about stuff, like, like we know each other. Yeah. Right. And and you know, over time, like I, I definitely have gotten to know them, right? But you know, starting out, you're just like, uh huh, right. <laughs> uh huh. Is anybody here to save me in case? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's easy to like, I, I've had situations where I'll talk to the person for 15 minutes and then I'm like, what's your name? You know what I mean? And they're just talking uh-huh. to me like I'm one of their pals. And I get it because I'm a podcast person too. Like I, yeah, yeah. I listen to podcasts all day long, like all day, every day. And I mean, it's by far my primary source of entertainment, this podcast. Um, and I I have several shows like that where it, when I turn it on, it's comforting. It's like getting to sit down with your friends. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I, I definitely understand that connection from both sides. 
But it is a little weird as the host when you meet someone and they're like, we're friends, right? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, I don't, for those listening, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, I love y'all. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm on my own here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's what a what an interesting world we've created yeah absolutely so what have um what have things been like for you lately with the show uh well i um i'm sitting on a few shows right now a few episodes that i have not uploaded um not that i have taken a i will say i have not taken a hiatus i don't do seasons okay well i feel like i'm in a season break yeah if that makes sense, I um I was taking EMT classes that were taking up a lot of evenings. I was doing them at night. Yeah, I'm um, trying to squeeze in a lot. There's a lot of testing that goes along with it. Um, you know, ride ride times. There's there's so much involved. Yeah, uh, with getting licensed uh, that it takes up a lot of time. And I'm also working on starting a business, um, taking over you know an office for what I do. Yeah, and uh, that takes a lot of time as well. A lot of a lot of meetings and calls. Uh, I actually, you know, we started recording at what, like ten thirty? Yeah. Then I, I got off a call at like ten or nine forty-five. Yeah. Well, like I got I got home, was on a call, uh, finished. So I, I mean, we we have some some late nights. So not that I'm on a break. I'm sitting on some episodes I want to finish up and then start them all off, um, in a correct way. Right. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I don't want to just like throw a show out there and then be like, all right, well, wait, wait two weeks. You're right. You know, so I'm getting, getting a few build up that I can put out, you know, that way there's uh, consistency going with it. So I'll just say I, I took a little season break on a show that doesn't do seasons. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Just a little breather, right. To get other I, stuff in line. Sometimes you need that. And, and I think I have a good enough group that, that follows. I, I have a really, really good dedic. Like I'm still getting like, plenty of downloads a, a week and like I, it's been it's been a few weeks since i've put a show out that's awesome um, but there's you know i'm still getting still getting downloads I, I think people are you know i have like 200 some episodes on my backlog yep uh with like whispers so it's not like they're not uh catching up a lot of people are listening to some old shows um yeah while we're putting stuff together a lot but honestly figure, you know, other shows out there take like a month off so yeah Sometimes you breathe. I mean, as again, as an avid podcast listener, sometimes I enjoy those times that you get a chance to go in, go like dig into the backlog. You know, I I still do that. Like when, because you know, especially around like the holidays or in the summer, it's normal for a podcast to take. You know, they'll take a week off or they'll take two weeks off, and um, I'm like, cool, a chance to go back and listen to like episode. 21 Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and yeah so i highly recommend doing that when when your show i'll recommend one oh i'll recommend one so if you're listening you got to go back into my old whisper shows you got to look it up um i mean howard stern still does a show right does he maybe (laughs) i don't know howard stern used to have a guy his name was riley martin okay right on and he was a big ufo guy and um Pretty much had his own show on uh, Howie's. Uh, what Howie did I say? 
Howard Stern. Stern? Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, for whatever reason, my brain said Mendel real, real quick. <laughs> like, definitely off the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's the water talking. No, um, <laughs> but when he had his XM channel, like uh, Riley Martin had his own deal on there. Super interesting guy. And it was probably one of my favorite episodes. We had him on as a guest. And uh, if you go back into those shows, find Riley Martin. If you want, if you want a crazily entertaining, just blast of a show. It was probably one of the most most fun shows that I'd ever done. That's awesome. Yeah. If I can do a plug from twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. No, I'm into it. I'll um I'll find that episode and link it in the episode description too. Oh, so I hope I don't say anything dumb. If I <laughs> listen, y'all. Yeah. I'm just gonna give a blanket forgive me because <laughs> I already told you I'm, I was I was really dumb. But uh <laughs> We all were. We all were. So you said that you had you had paranormal experiences growing up. Have you continued to have them into adulthood? Ooh. Yes and no. If that if that's a possible answer. Um All answers you know, are possible. Right, because you know, I did investigations. We d- we definitely caught a lot of evidence. Um, you know, I, you can listen to EVP. You can find EVP and things. So I can count that as experiences, right? Um, yeah. Do I live in a haunted house? No. Could there be something out on the property that I live? Bigfoot can be out here. Sure. You know, there. You know, I'm a hunter, so I mean, there's times where I, you know I've snuck out in the woods and early in the morning you know when it's still dark with a flashlight and i'm you know thought to myself <laughs> what was that noise you yeah know? so <laughs> so maybe yeah something could have happened um but it, it's not not like when i was younger I, I definitely lived in some haunted places when i was younger um you know three of them that i could probably tell a bunch of stories at but but as an adult like i don't know maybe Here's a tip that I learned, and for those of you, like you might, you might like it, you might not, you might, you might think I'm crazy, you might think I'm missing an opportunity, but I don't investigate the house that I'm in. Yeah, right. Like it's my place, it's my safe zone, it's my uh, yep fortress of solitude. Yeah, home base. So I'm not, I'm not going to set a recorder. Like <laughs> I say that while I'm sitting here talking on a recorder, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to set equipment up and let it run and try to analyze yeah. it, you know, when it's in my house. It's you all know, about intentions, man. Yeah, that's, and boundaries. Yeah, like, yep. this is my this is my my domain. Yeah. So I know a lot uh, of nothing. investigators who take that take that tack with it. They they don't bring it home. They intentionally focus on not bringing it home. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I think that's a that's a smart move. It is. That's especially you have a wife you have children you know like you you never know you i mean we've you and i both have heard probably dozens if not hundreds of stories of things going off the rails right in people's and homes. when they go they go big time yeah right absolutely you know and and this is one thing I, you know again not to not to jump into faith or anything like that i'm a church boy you know i'm actually ordained minister um you know i'm pretty strong in my faith so I do set a boundary in my home and yeah. it's prayed, prayed over and uh, I feel blessed 
you know so that's that's something that again that i just put as a protection area yeah you know for for my family's existence so yeah i totally respect that i i don't think it's a missed opportunity (laughs) i think there there are plenty (laughs) of spots out there you don't need to do it at home you know what i mean I, i i live all right so within 20 minutes of here right i'm at the west virginia state penitentiary right Right across the street from the pen is the giant Grave Creek Mound, mm-hmm. which literally, I don't know if you've ever been to the area or seen pictures. It's like the prison, the road, a giant Indian burial ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 20 minutes in the, you know, in the other direction, I have, uh, you know, the Bel Air house, which is, you know, lots of stories about the Bel Air house. Oh, yeah. They've done shows and things like that. You know, this is a, a very paranormal area i mean you're in, I live in you're in west virginia yeah i mean how it's, can you yeah there's no shortage of weirdness capital of the world yes right yes like absolutely <laughs> west, west by god is crazy yeah right so it's, it's why they, there's so many spirits it's why they say it's almost heaven yeah right <laughs> i honestly i i recently i recently heard someone it was um Oh, who was it? It was the host of the Esoteric Book Club, is what his podcast uh-huh. is called. He was talking about how he loved he was a dinosaur kid, right? As a lot of us were. Um Absolutely. But he was talking about how I think the the person asked him if he because he studied history in college and he the person asked if he ever got back into like paleontology right and he was like well here in west virginia that's where he's from he was like a lot of people don't realize these mountains are so old that the stone that is exposed to the air is older than dinosaurs Mm -hmm. so we don't have dinosaur digs here it's not it's not really a thing around here because the mountains are so there the mountains are older than dinosaurs yeah, just hearing it, it said like that is like, my God, there there are cave systems here that predate fossils. Yeah, yeah, you know. So like they they said at one point our our mountains were bigger than uh, the Rockies. Yeah, and they they've eroded. Yep. Since you know they're not not as big, but nowhere near anymore. But they're very old. Yeah, and that's why there's so many stories and. Um, so much lore, yep. You know about things that go on. Even you know lots of lots of native Native American tribes in our area um, have stories, you know, of of things in the woods. Yeah, you know things in the mountains. So, yeah, there's definitely some age. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to talk about is the fact that the Appalachian Mountains, the the Atlas Mountains in Africa, the Highlands in Ireland. The um, the East Greenland Mountains, they were all they're all segments, broken apart segments of the Greater Pangean Mountain Range. From they predate continental drift. That's crazy. Like they were all one mountain range. So, I wow. mean, think about that. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. They're, wow. Yeah, they were all they were all connected before before it split. It's, which is wild, because there's so many, there are so many 
things you can compare from like the black dogs in Ireland, legends of the black dogs in Ireland to, you know, to creatures that are talked about in the Appalachians, even the Ozark mountains were, you know, before it all spread apart, the Ozarks were part of the Appalachian mountains. So you have legends of the Ozark howler that are very Mm -hmm. similar to the black dog legends in Ireland, very similar to, to, um, to canine sightings in the Atlas mountains in Africa. Like you, it makes you start to think like, is it, was this based on a creature that predated the mountain breaking apart or is, or is this literally just, um, folklore being taken with people as they settle new areas right because there's a lot of that too because the ozarks and the appalachians were settled by you know a lot of scots irish yeah that's intense there's a lot to it man it's i love this stuff i love it that's good (laughs) yeah yeah it's fun it's uh history is kind of my thing so it, it all intertwines for me. Yeah, I, I I do like I I like history. I I didn't I haven't been that far back in it. Um, but yeah, I think a, a good respect for history in itself, uh, especially with the folklore. Yeah, uh, really really gets. I, I don't know. Have you have you ever heard of legend tripping? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wow. think I think that's a fun. I guess concept, you yeah. know, to, to go to all these places, it, you know, every town's got the, got the crybaby bridge and things like that, just to find yep. out where their, their stories came from. And yeah, yeah man. that's, that's the stuff I really like. That's honestly, if I had to, if I was filling out a form and it said hobbies, it, that would probably be the number one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you should, um, you should look up a guy named Chris Bolzano. He's an, he's an author. Yeah. He does a show as well called Tripping on Legends, and it's he he writes books based on like urban you know local folklore and yeah. legend tripping, and um, he's got a bunch about like the Ocala Forest. Nice, you know, down in Florida. Yep, that's cool. That's cool. I that's such a unique setting for for a scary story. Those all the swamps and the bogs and those like. Um, mangroves for some reason i find them just innately creepy anytime something's root system is exposed brazenly it's like wow that's a pretty confident tree (laughs) (laughs) Uh, dude this has been super fun i really i don't want to keep you all night um it has been a blast it's been too long yeah absolutely it's, yeah, and I know we said we were going to set this up like, what, six months ago? Yeah, something like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a minute, uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to do it. And uh, me too, uh, man. Out. I, I, there, there are a lot of similarities in in our shows and us and what we do, and I, I think it's nice to be able to talk to. Uh, I guess as, as podcasters, you know, be able to talk about our side of of things and and what we we see an experience i think it's pretty neat yeah absolutely um since we're gonna dual release this um before we go 
let the people know where to find you, where to follow you, and anything cool you have coming up that you'd like them to check out. Okay. Um, my show is called Fireside Paranormal Podcast. It is on, well, it's everywhere you can find podcasts. I think that's pretty a, a common deal now. Um, man, what's coming up? I have a convention in PA coming up on, I believe, October 14th that I just agreed to do. So I think all that stuff is still to be determined. So okay. make sure you check out, uh, if you're not on like Facebook and Twitter and all that, I'm uh, on Twitter. It's at Fireside Parapod, P-A-R-A-P-O-D, um, Fireside Paranormal Hub on Facebook. Anytime I'm doing events and things like that, I always do it on there. So if you're in the PA area, you know, the entire state, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's worth, <laughs> worth coming to see me. Yeah. <laughs> If you're somewhere in the whole of New England. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you're on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> trip. yeah. But uh, anytime I do conventions or events or anything like that, I always put it on, you know, I, I try to put it on all my social media. I'm on uh, Instagram as well. I, I try to do some TikTok stuff. Um, so I, I like to have fun with it. So uh, definitely connect with me on there. I, I, I love talking to people and I love hearing stories. If you have a story. Um, that you want to share and have on the show, reach out to me. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it connected either by recording it or uh, showing you where to send it in. Yeah. You know, I love that stuff too. So excellent. By all means, reach out. Awesome, man. This has been super fun. That's been, it's always a blast. Always also, a blast. And for your listeners, go check out Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. Um, you can find us at campfirepodcastnetwork.com that's the hub of everything um, you'll find all the socials and everything on there So, and also if you'd like to submit a story there's a nice form on there for you we'd love to hear it now, do you do any events? we're not this year we're taking a year my co-host got married and has a bunch of stuff planned and we're just sitting back this year. next year we're gonna hit it hard though and do all the big ones so looking forward to that if you come in the area we can we can dual booth absolutely <laughs> for sure we did uh well i mean we're gonna be doing um cryptid bash next year that that one's in west virginia um like withville ufo fest in virginia nice um trying to think of other close ones of course, uh, CryptidCon in Kentucky. So yeah, we'll we'll be around the area for sure. Okay, yeah, let's let's uh, let's get together on that. Yeah, sounds That'd fun. Be fun. All right, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, I appreciate you and all you do, and uh, it's been a blast. We need to do it again. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. 
It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And trust in the unknown. unknown.